This is Psychic Warfare. Welcome back, my friends, to Psychic Warfare, the podcast where spirituality and philosophy collide with heavy metal and rock and roll. I am your host, Chris Keelick, and thank you for joining me once again on another journey into the lives and minds of the most iconic musicians in heavy music. Just as a reminder, if you enjoy the podcast and these conversations with the artists you love, it would mean the world if you subscribed and followed the podcast on your platform of choice. Also, you can follow me and the show at Pod on Twitter and at Psychic Warfare Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. So if you get a chance, follow the show there for updates and happenings on all things psychic warfare. This week, Stephen Richards, vocalist of alt-metal legends, Taproot, joins me on the show. Taproot is a band absolutely synonymous with the golden age of alt-metal, and there's a good, more than a good of a chance that you're familiar with the band's biggest song, Poem, but the band has been dropping incredibly solid records ever since, and their newly announced record, Scissors, is their first in a decade, and with a jamming single, Victim Play, giving a glimpse of the new record, the world is absolutely ready for both a Taproot comeback and an alt-metal return to glory. Stephen, welcome to the Psychic Warfare podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Namaste. <laughs> so, hey, you know, I love it. I love it. So how, how are you feeling at this moment in time, mentally, physically, and spiritually? Uh, mentally, I'm kind of clustered. I'm still trying to wrap up this uh, record stuff, and I only have two days a week because I have to do my regular job five days a week, and I have weird days. So my days off are Monday, Tuesday. And that's weird to me because my days off used to be Friday, Saturday. So since switching shifts, I never know what day of the week it is. And I'm still confused. Like today when I woke up, I forgot I didn't have to go to work. I got to come to the studio. And try to... <laughs> so mentally, I'm a mess. Spiritually, I'm okay. It's hard to explain. That's a really deep inner feeling. But I'm, I'm very content, if you will. I'm totally fine. I'm not at the best point because mentally is interfering with my spirit right now. Um, but. I'm very okay where I'm at. Awesome. Awesome. Glad to hear. And, you know, I'm curious, what was your kind of spiritual slash philosophical upbringing like? Like, did you grow up in a household that held a certain faith or was spirituality slash kind of like your belief system, philosophy, something personal that you kind of developed and discovered over time on your own? Um, well, growing up until about the age of eight, I grew up in a Christian church. But unfortunately, my grandfather passed away on the church steps when I was wow. eight. Wow. So after that, it was kind of weird, too, because my mom, when we were driving to church, like just out of nowhere, I remember her saying, Dad, and like we didn't know anything yet. And then when we got to the church, the ambulance was there. And like, so she already knew like before we got there. So that mm. was great. Um, but after that, church was kind of done and over with. You know, I think she was didn't traumatic, you know, didn't want to go back. So I kind of just grew up doing me you know i wasn't really all concerned growing up about christianity by any means or anything you know i wasn't anti-religion by any means um but then growing up with my dad I, who i had to see twice a year don't know why so i'd get shipped off alone as a kid to go fly to california and he was a weirdo uh, he studied everything which is great he was open to everything but growing up i literally used to go to sun dances for a week every year and watch a bunch of wannabe white Native Americans studying Native American philosophy, just running around naked. I was around rattlesnakes and watermark. I got jumped on by a bobcat. Wow, that's wild. <laughs> wild. Yeah, literally wild. So that was a lot of Native. So I kind of actually, I hmm. being a 
at heart that was really cool to get away from all the crazy stuff i saw was actually sitting in the drum circles because i was already drumming as a kid so that was cool spiritually as well um but then later days it's kind of cool i'm open to everything i consider myself agnostic by no means with all of the different religions do i think that there would be one that's right and others that aren't because it's up to the person and i definitely don't think god is a white guy with a beard <laughs> like yeah <laughs> I think uh, we're past most. I, I hope a lot of people are probably past that uh, that image at this point. Unfortunately, I don't think there's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're probably right on that. Yeah, you're probably right on that. And you know, the, the last ten years, you know, since you, you know, the last record you guys dropped was was over a decade ago. And I mean, in the last ten years, I would imagine that a lot of that time was spent you know, getting yourself healthier, because I remember when that record came out, you were talking about the medical things you were going through with like seizures and managing that condition. And I also, you know, saw in the, the press release for the new record, you know, about the passing of your mother, which I'm, I'm very, very sorry to hear about and sorry for your loss. You know, and I, I thought to myself, I would imagine kind of confronting mortality, both through, you know, the loss of your mother um, and through dealing with all these these medical things that you were going through in these last decade you know, would have had a huge impact on who you are as a person and, you know, the kind of music that you were writing and, you know, what sorts of questions did that time and, and I would imagine kind of going through all of that and leading up to this point now in the drop dropping of this new record, had, what kind of questions had that did that make you ask yourself, you know, in the wake of all of that? Like, did you and what did you who did you find yourself kind of being guided by? Are there any spiritual figures or beliefs that kind of like really evolved over these past 10 years caused kind of by these these big events and these big changes that you've been going through? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of everything, um, you know, at the time that I actually wrote most of this record, um, I was living in Las Vegas going through a tumultuous ending of a relationship while my mom was at home and I kind of wanted to be there but I mm. have a son Vegas and so that was spiritually tearing me apart because I knew I needed to be with my mom because she was sick for half of my life but it mm. was like slow coming slow coming slow coming um so I ended up having to go through a divorce and this is right after I just got diagnosed with seizures and doing the episodes to her um that was crazy I think it was my well, it was my second mal grandma the day of the opening show for the record release of the episodes in mm. flint which is like our home base so i had like a huge seizure we had to cancel the record release show it was like because when i have seizures it's anxiety it's not lights or anything it's i've had panic attacks for a long time and when those come on i think my body finally got to a point where it just shuts down and can't do it anymore mm. uh, so that's kind of deep. It's kind of crazy. So after that, yeah, I went home, got divorced, moved home. Um, my mom was cool for a while, but, you know, she needed help and assistance quite a bit. So, you know, I, at least I was there. I had to watch her decline, which sucked. Um, and I guess the coolest thing that kind of came out of it, like I said, you know, after eight years old, we kind of fell off the Christian thing. Uh, fine or whatever but it got to the point where my mom was in the hospital I basically had to tell her that she had to go <laughs> she wow. was on the she was on the vent but they basically uh they did three surgeries in two days and they didn't even want to do two surgeries at all but when they went down with the scope in her throat 
Oh, yeah, and then they, they saw her heart. So there was a gigantic hole in her throat, and she had a spit fistula. Like, life was just not going to be very good. So wow. the, whole, the whole point of this rambling is that after the years and years of non-Christian, you know, to tell her that she had to go, I asked her if she wanted someone to come in and kind of bless her and do the last rites and all that type of stuff. And she was like, absolutely. And I'm surrounded by, you know, my dad, he ended up going the Eastern medicine type of route. And my mom's best friend is a clairvoyant. So I've grown up around that type of stuff too. And so it was kind of crazy because both separately, they didn't know that both were talking to me about certain things, but both, Camille, my mom's friend who was there when she passed with me, um, like looked up as if she saw the spirit leave and she was like, wow. okay, she went with Jesus. I was like, oh, okay. Like choice. She made the choice of Jesus. So I was like, that's cool. And then my dad chimed in randomly just over the phone or something. He was like, yeah, I had this weird dream that she had the choice of Buddha or Jesus and she chose hmm. Jesus. So, wow. Whatever happens when it's my turn, I'm just going to try to remember to take the Jesus route. Spin the wheel, yeah. <laughs> try to find my mom wherever that. Yeah, that's really cool though. And and so what? Going through what you've been through, like, did you did you have any moments where things questions even beyond that moment? Like questions? Did you find yourself asking yourself, like, man, like where your path was kind of headed, or things about uh, your own happiness, or things about just kind of like questions that you never found yourself kind of asking before during this time period like do you have one in mind that you have a very distinct maybe memory of you're like asking yourself something and trying to reckon with a certain question not really i mean for me it's just kind of crazy because i deal with shit through you know like bad humor and you know lack of you know self-worth and whatever so it was kind of crazy how like now talking about my mom like I always remind people when going through something like this is that we're the ones stuck dealing with pain. They no longer have any issues or concerns or whatsoever. We're the ones like they're good (laughs) when they pass on. They're good. Yeah. Left behind. Yeah, It's just us stuck here dealing with it. So to me, it's not really a sad thing anymore as much as like a, okay, she's good. (laughs) Yeah. Because a long time, my mom was not good. Yeah. So it is the freedom through like the letting go of it the surrender kind of of that yeah and then of course now it's just you know i make terrible jokes about my mom's dad so (laughs) hey you know what that humor is that's it's a totally natural thing that tons of people do and you know uh humor is a such a healing thing and you know kind of off of like good vibes like that you know i'm i'm really happy for you guys i mean you guys are making a huge comeback this year you're going to be on blue ridge rock fest which is so sick have you ever gotten the feeling in your life of doing what you love as a musician that you've kind of been either been guided by something or having been, you've been kind of set on a path that even if things happen and you kind of take detours and, you know, you kind of go off the path, but ultimately you'll never really leave that path. And then it's a path that's filled with all these things you love to do. Is that, is that a comforting feeling? Do you ever, and do you feel like we all kind of have something like that in front of us, even if it takes time for us to kind of see it slash, you know, find it. I I think so, yeah. I mean, the reason, it, full disclosure, when I was a young kid and MTV first came on, I remember when it first came on, I used to like watching Billy Idol and Adam Ant and those types of guys. I right. ended up on like my mom's 
boots and vests <laughs> just to try to look like the guys on TV because right. I, mean, I didn't have any cool clothes, but they looked kind of like my mom. <laughs> yeah, so I was actually kind of cross-dressing at a real young age, but it was kind of weird. So at a young age, I was already quite into music and it's weird too my two idols growing up were both bassists of all things i didn't know the difference between a bass and a guitar but my favorites were john taylor from uh duran duran right. and then nikki six from motley crew so i started music mentally at an early age my mom got me a drum kit when i was four uh, years old so she said she noticed that in the car when we were listening to music it, i wasn't just when you know like the air people going da -da -da -da, making drums like she noticed that like yep. i was like, keeping time and using different hands like i naturally knew how to play drums you know i was playing hi-hat with one and a snare with the other and then she'd see my foot kicking so she got me a drum kit so it kind of started off early and then uh from there a lot of it was you know i taught myself how to play guitar uh, and then I taught Mike how to play guitar. <laughs> Most people don't know that. So it was me then picking up the need and desire to actually teach myself stuff, not just kind of, I already had it naturally. I kind of wanted to learn and grow. And so through that, you know, we started doing the music thing. And then we had a lot of great positive breaks in our favor. Um, and I don't think that that's just by chance i mean to be honest i i don't know if i was a new metal fan if i would like my band or not you know like even sometimes when i go back and listen to some of our songs i'm like what the hell were we doing like why do people like this but at the same time that's something i created so i'm fine with it yeah um, and instrumental to my life for sure like I'm, a big record for me from you guys was plead the fifth because i mean in a, my high school years which was around that time, that was when I was really kind of discovering a lot of records and getting into heavy music for the first time. And, you know, I wanted to, I could tie this all in because, you know, one of my favorite lines is from that record off the song Stolage, which is, I always loved the line, the answer lies in me, which is repeated in that song. And, you know, I'm curious, how has that sentiment been realized in your own life? Like, has that, I know it's a very specific song from a record that was years ago, but it's kind of a universally powerful statement to make because there's so many like faiths and religions and spiritualities that are all about not kind of looking externally but kind of looking internally to you know re reckon with things and overcome things on your own and i love the idea of like the answer lies in me like you are in charge of a lot of things you know in, in managing a lot of things as opposed to like looking for to, to external forces so how has that kind of man have you seen that kind of line manifest in your own life in a lot of ways especially now uh yeah, especially now, for sure. I mean, it started not to be the cliche, as I say in the new song. Yeah. Right. I grew up as a only child <laughs> in a broken home, just my mom and I. So I kind of, you know, it's always just been me. And I've always had a weird time. Like, luckily, the music and doing the stuff I enjoy has really opened me up to actually talk like I would have had a hard time talking to you before actually getting to know the world because I've never really had many friends. Um mm -hmm one given time like i probably had two or three <laughs> in my height um and then i saw some crazy stuff and lost a couple with i don't know there was some tragic stuff that i've gone through so from an early age i was kind of a loner like i was the guy that kids in middle school would hear me playing drums from down the street because i'd just skip school and not go <laughs> and so i was already on you got that. your priorities straight yeah, i had my priorities and then you know later in in life it's kind of the odd thing about that 
particular song and that line about that song is the fact that that record a lot of people don't realize plead the fifth was basically like this record basically just i wrote the entire thing and then the guys played on Hmm. Uh, so that is kind of me subtly taking a jab at someone else but kind of you know saying you know it's all on me now the answer lies in me because i'm the one gonna do it i'm the only one that's you know doing it so the answer is in myself so yeah it's not the most spiritual type of revelation but it's kind of an odd coincidence that you know the, the lyric i wrote was literally about what i was going through and the meaning behind it is still the same as kind of just being me you know growing up alone and doing my own thing yeah my- interpretation man that's i mean I, that's how i kind of digested it and that's the power of you know the, the things that you write and it's uh it, i think it's it's something a line like that is deceptive because like people take a long time in their life to kind of realize some things like that, like instead of reaching out to external things. And that's, again, I've said this many times on this podcast, like if faith and, and in religion, organized religion is something that gives you strength. And, you know, as long as you're not using it to hurt other people, then more power to you. Like, and, but I am definitely someone that resonates with that line that kind of, I definitely look more inward to, to overcome a lot of hard things. And, you know, uh, but people are different and people come to those revelations at different points in their life. And I I would be, I would be remiss, you know, to kind of go back to something you mentioned earlier about, you know, growing up because we've never talked about this on the, on the podcast before. And I'm just curious, like what revelations you can provide me about growing up, you know, around a lot of native American beliefs and culture and, and spirituality. Like what are, are there any things you can remember any teachings or beliefs that you remember that you're like, this is actually really powerful. And like, I actually kind of resonate with this. And I kind of like, I vibe with this. This is something that I can utilize in my own life because we've never talked about that kind of world before on the podcast. Oh, right on. Uh, yeah. I mean, the native American stuff was kind of odd and very one-off cause it was just a bunch of white people learning studies from another. Right. White it wasn't like actually around a real tribe. So it was kind of superficial. So I didn't really gain too much from that because that was mostly traumatizing experiences for me growing up Mm, but okay at one point in my teenage years i started doing meditation and stuff um i kind of wish i i need to get back on that i've come unfortunately you know a raging alcoholic so i can't really tap into the stuff i need to which i should um but no i was doing a lot of meditating um i actually used to practice remote viewing Hmm. uh, which was pretty cool i sucked at it but i i used to be able to leave my body and tell people what they were doing i was gonna say i'm not sure if i know that term it sounds like something like astral projection or something like that yeah it's that's, that's exactly what it is yeah remote viewing like i kind of pick a place that i wanted to go and one time i actually felt myself fly out of my body and hit the ceiling and get dragged wow. down and then i flew past my mom downstairs and then i you know, went downstairs and she was wearing the exact same thing, typing the exact same place that I saw, but I could never control it. And there was only a couple of times that were like, but you firsthand, like you've seen the power of things like that. Like you definitely like have firsthand experience that, you know, like stuff like that, like you've experienced, you have experiences of that. Yeah. I have personal experiences with that. Um, at one point I was really into the whole dreams thing. And then that clairvoyant friend of my mom's that I was speaking of earlier, um, she did teaching what your dreams mean classes at one of the local colleges, not like a huge college, but a, a craft college. And, uh, so she was doing teachings there and she used me like as a teacher's pet for like 
two of her classes just to come in and share the experiences I've had both through dreams right. and the things that have come true in my life. And this was like right around when the band was about to get signed or we were doing really good at least. And she was, I don't know, just using, because I used to do journals and a lot of my predictions would come true as far as just goals setting. Wow. Like this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This you were ahead of the curve of the, the, the manifesting. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, at least on my own, it was all just, you know, stuff especially with the panic attacks you know i needed a way to kind of just calm down on my own and teach myself to try to deal with it it's still kind of hard sometimes but i think it's been a couple of years since i've had a seizure so something's going right again <laughs> i'm really happy for you that's really awesome to hear i'm really happy for you about that and hey you know what this brings us to our final two segments of the show steven so first up is tomes of wisdom uh, where each guest recommends us three pieces of media that have inspired them philosophically or spiritually in the last year and this can be books films games comics you know anything that has made you think about your own life or life in the world in a different way so steven what are three pieces of media that you've consumed that you would recommend for us to digest and i'm not a stickler about that it has to be a year you can go back further than that obviously Gotcha. Um, honestly, it's going to be the worst answer for you in the world. The only thing that I've listened to for the last years and years and years is my crummy ass mixes because <laughs> I've over and over and over. Um, so the only thing I listen to is my crap, which is actually fairly important because I'm still kind of going through exactly what it is and what it's meant to me for so long. So listening to my stuff and then listening to a TV or a radio show called Dave and Chuck the Freak, <laughs> you know, I think laughter is very, very, very important. And, you know, it's hard to get me to smile and or laugh because, you know, everything goes through my head before someone can say it. So when something catches me off guard, that's a real spiritual moment to me, because if you can get me to laugh out loud, unless you're like at a kid's concert and there's an out-of-tune violin or a kid that screws up a right so, i got you, know, you. Like, that's the gutter like that just reminds me of my mom too because we'd be the two in a very serious environment and we both get the giggles together you know like and we just we'd have to leave you know because we were just dying laughing so that's too funny love I that think, so i think level i mean that's very selfish but my music and all the stuff not at all um but that's force. Um, and the laughter, I think that's huge. The reason I said this is going to be a terrible answer is because I really do not read. I like despise reading. <laughs> different so, strokes for different folks, my dude. Yeah, no, and I, it's so important that people do. I just, it drives me nuts. I think it, I read way slower than I speak. <laughs> you know yourself, you know yourself. So that's all it is. I've always had a real hard time retaining information. I was never a good test taker. I wasn't a good student by any means. I've just always had the natural skill for me growing up. It was always just hockey, which is another outlet. Hey, it's, you know what? I've, me too. Same here, bud. Hawks <laughs> and Sabres. <laughs> both, but, both, and both. Well, at least you, at least you guys have won some Stanley Cups. <laughs> you can say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a good five years there. Um, but yeah, so growing up. I learned how to skate when I was three or four, learned how to drum when I was four or five. So my whole life has been hockey. So when I get to watch hockey, that's a release for me. And I find that inspiring because I, I haven't gotten to play in seven years since my injury. Luckily, I finished the guitars on this project before a big injury and they had to move my funny bone from under my bone to over 
my elbow. Yikes. So I finished the guitars, so at least that had already happened, so I could only have to play bass fingers, but um, I'm trying to think. So I haven't got to play hockey because of that injury, but I'd say hockey, music, and then honestly, on a spiritual level, because I don't read and my music doesn't count, the most important thing is my day job. Um, it's working with brain injury and mental health clients. That's really and- awesome. Yeah, and so a lot of the stuff that people wouldn't want to do as far as, you know, like the care and the daily livings and bathings and stuff like that, you know, I've had a lot of practice. I've been around a lot of nursing as well. So to me, I do have a TBI, and I probably don't consider myself the most mentally stable person, but so I'm actually getting to work and help people not only that need help, but, you know, that I can relate to on a basis that most people can't. And a lot of people that I work with, I always wonder why I'm so good with the clients. And I don't treat them like they're clients. And I don't say no, 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 or whatever. Control them. I get to their level and just, you know, we're not supposed to swear or do anything at work, but I just run around busting balls. I know different. Yeah. You got to, you got to engage them on a human level because they're, they're just like, the rest of us i mean in the sense that they're they're humans and they deserve dignity and respect you know i just there's something spiritual to me about that i know that's not exactly the question no it's v- it's very it's it's actually a really beautiful answer i'm actually really glad that you use that as as an answer i think that's a really beautiful thing like i i admire the hell out of you for that and a uh, lot of respect your way and we're at the already at the last segment so this last segment is uh, something i like to call the chaser so in the chaser we ask the same 10 rapid fire questions for each guest and we ask that they keep their answer to 30 seconds or less are you ready steven <laughs> apparently so yes you got this do you believe in fate or free will and why uh i believe in both i think they coincide on a level that we just can't comprehend the way we think right now. Um, I think maybe when we're born into the world, we obviously have our fate. And then obviously we do have our choices at one way or another, but I think there's a beginning and there's an end and it's all fate. It's going to end up the same way. It's just your journey is the path you take to end up where you end up. Awesome. What is a stronger force in the world, love or hate and why? Unfortunately, I think it's hate for some reason. Although I do love, it's weird because I honestly can't say I hate anything. Um, I hate hate makes sense. But then again, there's like phrases like it is what it is, which I can't stand. So I can't say I hate hate because I honestly don't hate anything. Yeah, I hate the idea of hate. Um, but I know I see a lot more of hate and more not only exposure, but more just like the dedication and you know, contentness with being hateful and spreading it and sharing. Like, I don't hear many people, you know, aside from movies from the 60s, wanting to go around and spread the love, you know, and even having respect. I think people nowadays are really, really selfish in the wrong ways, not to take care of themselves, but to push themselves on other people. So I, I think that hate comes across a lot easier and is unfortunately more, you know, relevant at this point. Who are the three most important spiritual and moral guides in your life and why? Uh, Well, clearly my mom, poor lady, had to take care of me her whole life. And, uh, you know, she's the only thing I pretty much had until I had my first son. So my mom is definitely number one. I hate to say it to other people, but Howard Stern, 
was my foe. No wrong answers here, bud. No. So Howard Stern, he was like my spiritual guide, at least, you know, to comedy. I found him actually visiting my dad where I didn't want to be, but he was on the E-Network, like right when that first started. Um, so I got into him at a young age and I always thought he was hilarious. And he probably dragged my sense of humor the wrong way, which is the right way for me. Um, so I always considered him kind of like my dad and, you know, I still love listening to him, but now I'm on to Dave and Chuck once again. So I like anything that makes me smile. Um, and then I guess just the context and idea of the band in general, um, I didn't really care at the age of 17, um, to go to college. I kind of started going that path just because it seemed like the way, but I ended up destiny came across it turns out i didn't graduate high school on time by a quarter of a credit because i always skip school so i didn't get to go to college on time anyway and that's when the band stuff started taking off right. so there's some destiny for you gotcha. we... what was the most spiritual place for you where you grew up and why and this doesn't have to be like a literally spiritual place like a church or anything but it can be just a place that had a sense of power to it that you didn't really know how to frame at the time Chicago, hence the Blackhawks. Um, I was born in Evanston, just outside of Chicago. Um, I moved to Ann Arbor, I guess I was just a baby. So I was raised in Ann Arbor. Um, but Chicago, that's where my living grandparents lived. Um, my dad's family, like the entire side of my dad's family lived there. So I'd go there all the time. Like I always wished that I could have got my grandparents house when they passed, <laughs> but they moved to Florida. Asshole. Um, but no, Chicago, you know, I end up becoming a huge Blackhawks fan. You know, I'll even drive from Michigan to go see a preseason game if I have time <laughs> or money. Um, but Chicago has always been my home. Um, you know, I know my way around. I love just the city itself. It's to me, it's one of the coolest places. Like when I get to Chicago or I see the United Center where the Hawks play, I actually still call that my church. Wow. I went, awesome. I went, the opening day of the United Center, they had the circus there. My grandma took me to it, and that's like my my church. Awesome, really, really cool. So, uh, what is the most delicious meal you've had in the last month, and where was it? Oh boy, oh boy, God, I don't want to piss my wife off, but she won't watch this. She hates me. <laughs> there's, a, there's a place in uh, it's a, it's a place called Mister Pizza, and it's totally a cheap cop out because my favorite Thai restaurant went out of business called old siam damn come back that would be sweet um but back to the white dude in me it's a there's a cheese bread at a place called mr pizza that is the best cheese bread i've ever had in my life i've eaten it for years but the key ingredient secret to anyone that gives a flying f if you like ranch dressing and you want Ooh. something different try gordon food services if you can find it of course you have interesting to, you have to buy a gallon of it but Growing up, I ate Mr. Pizza so much, and I loved the ranch so much. It was so different. I went up to the manager. I was like, bro, how do you make your ranch? And he was just like, oh, he pointed over, and it's just a tub of Gordon's. So, wow. Secrets yeah. revealed. You love to see it. Uh, when, was the, when was the last time you felt lost? <laughs> oh, well, I could say this morning. Um, literally, I've been here six hours and i didn't even get the thing working properly <laughs> until right before i called you i bounced down three little mixes um so i was lost this morning and there's a lot of little lost stories like that but that's not as deep as you want so no. 
Uh, hey, that's the if it is what it is. That's the last time. Yeah, but the last big one was right after my mom passed because I, not just because she passed, but then it was like, okay, fuck, what the hell am I gonna do? And the crazy thing is, is I ended up meeting my wife. Long story short, I thought I was doing an aptitude test, like a self-awareness, like what the fuck can I do to make a living? <laughs> and after she was gone and I was taking care of her, I ended up on OkCupid. Okay Don't know how. I thought I was answering questions about like, you know, what do you enjoy? What are you good at? This and that. This and like right. it was legit. I was trying to find work. And then out of nowhere, one day the question was like, would you have anal on your first date? <laughs> what? <laughs> the fuck is this and then, I, <laughs> and then like so i don't know if i got kicked into that like i never set up an account that i knew of but that's how i met my wife was wow um, yeah so that's a that's a that is the best story that i've heard in a long time that's so funny uh <laughs> yeah. do you i don't know how i'm gonna go on to the last four questions little quick questions here but uh do you think the universe bends towards order or towards chaos and why judging by that answer i'd say chaos but <laughs> i'd say chaos too um Kind of with the the hate thing, it seems to have more gravity for some reason. Um, yeah. Don't know the reason behind it. If it's nature, um, kind of seems to be a vicious cycle overall. I mean, technically, at the end of the day, everything ends with death. So we know. And then what continues on after might be the opposite of, you know, darkness. But it's kind of everything starts, everything ends, you know. Yep. What is the most important piece of your childhood that you've held on to and why? And this this can be either like a physical thing or it can be like, you know, an emotional tenant, or I guess in your case, it might be hockey. Right. Uh, Jesus. I just had like 58,000 run through my mind. Um, but sometimes I'll go drive. I have clients that like to take long van rides and stuff at work, you know. Um, so I'll take them just down memory lane. I'll go from the house my dad lived at before he moved to California to the three houses that I grew up in, the house my mom was in. Um, and there's always the one house. It wasn't the one I spent my most of my life in, but it was from the age of five to 10. And that house, every time I go by it, I have more memories than the other places, even though the other places have more important memories. But right. it's just kind of cool because I always look at the one room and say to myself, that's where I saw MTV start the first day, and that's where I got Nintendo when it first came out. So hell yeah, me, like that. Going by that place is ah, that's you know another Chicago. <laughs> love it, love it. What is one axiom or quote that calms you and centers you in dark times? There's always a old wrestling, and I want to say it was Jesse Ventura. I hope because I think that Parker's hilarious and great too with his whole nonsense conspiracy shit. Because I I believe most of that stuff too kind of um but it's not the most positive quote but it kind of reminds me again not just hate or anything but just kind of how cynical i can be as well as the world and life but my favorite quote is win if you want lose if you must but always cheat and to everyone who has ever been touched by your words and music what do you say uh i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> If if it really speaks to you, I mean, that, that means the world to me. Um, I don't do it for that reason, but to me, it matters to know that it matters to them because that makes me not feel alone. So it brings it full circle to me. Now, I don't just mean thank you. I mean, thank you. <laughs> Steven, you have just engaged in psychic warfare. Thank you so much for joining me today. It truly means the world. Well, God bless you or whatever. <laughs> 
Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to Psychic Warfare. If you like content like this for the rock and metal scene, it would mean a lot to me if you could hit subscribe or follow on your podcast platform of choice. Also, you can follow me at Risk with a K on Twitter, and you can follow the show at Pod on Twitter and Psychic Warfare Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you guys again for all the support, and I will see you in the next episode for another round of Psychic Warfare.